What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call. Uh-huh. You know, I, I watched, uh, I finally watched a star is born this weekend. John, you, that was some lady Gaga right there. Uh-huh. Jackson, whatever his name is, would have pulled Jackson you out of the Maine, bar. Jackson, Jackson, Maine. Is that spelled yeah. M A Y N E? Yeah. You know, I was thinking watching that, like during the movie, it didn't play out this way. I thought it's where it might go. But like you make that you he has that song, right? And then Gaga, Allie, which you know what? They nailed a lot of that movie. I didn't think Allie was the right name for her, but whatever. Then she gets in on that song and like takes well, it. Well, I think it's level. just trying to make her be very, very like kind of trying to be normal. Right. You know? So then she comes on and makes that song just she just crushes that song, right? That's what like song, song are you talking about? The the that song that you were singing, right? Isn't that the song she comes in and sings the other part? No, I think that's shallow. Okay, shallow. Thank you. So she that was in- her. She wrote shallow though. Remember, because they sing in front of the, like the CBS. I thought sha- I thought that part of shallow got added to the part that he had been working on. I thought that she wrote off shallow, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I thought it was the beginning of what he had, but no, I I, I think he just had other songs. Oh, well, that was one of his, that became one of his songs, right? Kind of. It's like their song. My thing was going to be like, I thought he was going to have to go on tour, but then she wouldn't be there to sing her part. And it'd have to be like a recorded part. And then it'd be like, now you can't even sing this great song because without her, it's not that great of a song. But maybe I miss, I must have misunderstood that whole yeah, that my, song. my kind of thing was like, was his career kind of winding down? Like, was he still touring pretty consistently? That's why I didn't quite. Where was he at in his career? Seems like he was still a big star, right? Because his concerts were still just killing Yeah, it. He, was, he was like a mix of, he was like uh Eric Church meets Eddie Vedder or something. Because he was like rock, but country, but a yeah. little more rock. He really, when he was able to deliver the Roy Oberson guitar solo while barely able to stand at the Grammys, that was impressive. I, I guess he did. Uh, oh, yeah. He was pretty fucked Sorry, up. I, I just watched this movie. I'm late to yeah, this party. Yeah, spoiler so. alert. I mean, guy, it's, it's... No, 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 I'm not spoiler alert. I'm just saying, like, I feel bad. Like, we could have talked about this movie when everyone else was talking about it, like you and the rest of the world, but I was late to it. Yeah, to me, 
I had heard maybe on a podcast or read an article that he spent some time with like Eddie Vedder. Cause that was kind of like, you know, the lead singer for Pearl Jam, yeah, the yeah, hair yeah, yeah. kind of, that was kind of his look, but he was a little more country. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was worth seeing in the theaters and I don't go to the theaters at all. Uh, his brother who, who's played by the one guy with the awesome voice. From who's played it, who played his role in the movie in an old version. I guess he said, I get one thing I read was that, um, that he went and like learned like, with a voice coach, like try to sound as much like that guy. What's his name? I can't blanking on his name, but awesome. Eddie Vedder. No, no, no. The white-haired guy who's his brother in this movie. Uh, oh, Chris Christopherson. That's not him. But That's yeah, him. Chris Christopherson played his character yeah, the last time. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, trying yeah, to get a dog like this. The guy who dog like this. Incredible voice. Just incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's pipes. made for a country western movie. Yeah, right? that's right. Like sitting at the fucking saloon with a couple six shooters. And if you fuck with him or you screw someone over at the card table, he's going to kill you or at least beat your ass. So to go get him in the movie before he got him, Bradley went and like got a Sam Elliott. He Sam got Elliott. a voice That's coach to help him sound like Sam. And then he, he just blew Sam away with the uh, makes sense. God, if you could well, have it's one... crazy how he found Lady Gaga. He was at like Bradley Cooper had written this movie. I like, didn't write the movie, but wanted to produce this or do this movie. But he needed a leading actress. He had thought about Beyonce, but it didn't quite work. And he was at some party in Malibu, and Lady Gaga, it was like for Tony Bennett, some super rich guy. Mm -hmm. She was just the entertainment. And he's just sitting there, like with a bunch of other super rich, famous people. Here's her, like, oh my fucking God, that is her. Now, she'd never acted before. <clears throat> That's where he got the idea. Then I guess he went up to her at the party, or maybe like had his representation reach out like the next day, and was like, just can you come over to my house? I'd love to talk to you. And she came over and he was like, I knew it. Well, it's got to be a little weird because he's also either engaged or with this hot chick. Every when time it feels like they're fucking. Well, I went and watched like just some of their YouTube, like him showing up at some of her concerts. It was just like, this is intense. Yeah, it's, there's I mean, it's just you don't get that intense without having sex with someone. I, I'm sorry. And then maybe it's, you know, it's like we can be friends. No, it's kind of proven that men and women to get that close usually end up having sex. Other breaking news here, I guess uh, ESPN wanted to replace Jason Witten with Peyton Manning, but the retired quarterback has declined the offer. Wow. wonder how much he turned down. <laughs> My guess would be about 10 mil. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, if you, if it, if it was, if I just broke, wow, Peyton Manning's going to be on Monday Night Football, that'd be pretty big news, right? That would, yeah, that would be. That would be big news. But at least I'll give them credit. They, they swung for the fences. Yeah, you got to go for it. John Calipari next on their list. Is there any better feeling? than being Peyton Manning or just an individual in those type shoes and being so goddamn rich, you can just turn down, like, so when someone gives you, hey, man, we'll give you a three-year, $30 million, every penny guaranteed. You're like, nah, I'm good. I'll just do some ESPN Plus. I, I, I'm cool. Yeah. That's just got to be a great place to be in life. F.U. money. Yeah, it's just, what's the point of having the F.U. money? Just say F.U. every once in a while. That's right. That's right. I'm just going to do ESPN plus on Mahomes probably in August. <laughs> just shoot me over the video. Or maybe the I won't like it when, when it fits. Yeah. I mean, if I, if, if, you know, my juices get flowing. I'll, I'll shoot you over some stuff, but you know, I'm just, you're not getting me to Browns Niners on a Monday night. You're just sorry. Not in the mood. Yeah. just I'm not feeling jets Browns week one or whatever that first Monday night game is. Well, Browns Niners is one of them. Yeah. Week five, John, this podcast is brought to you. The people by ease 
Thank you for your continued support of Ease.com. I was in Portland briefly this weekend. I saw another Ease billboard there, John. They're on a roll. Ease is the best. That's E-A-Z-E, best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Just be 21 or over. I'm going to give the best ring endorsement I've ever given for Ease. Oh. On Saturday, uh, I went to play golf, and I took a couple edibles. And they're sativa uppers, and they kind of relax you. And I shot the easiest 78 I've ever shot Are in my life. Are you serious? And I think that my view is I think everyone on the PGA Tour is on CBD because it relaxes you. My, my swing, I was so deep. I was just, it was as pure as I've ever been. Were you playing by and yourself or were you playing with somebody no, else? No, playing with five other people. Okay, so that's, there's, people. A, there's a lot of traffic just around you. A lot of people talking, a lot of yeah, just, spitters just and cigars. Cr- cr- and Crushing drives, sticking shots. Not putting great, but I mean, I'm not a short game guy. But again, that's I'm mechanical a big issue. believer. In the, in, in the CBD edibles, uh, from ease.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase, over $50 free delivery. Again, these little edibles, they're little tiny, like little chewies. Pop a couple, boom, drove back to Davis. But I actually took them when I got there to Davis because you drive high, you get a DUI. I don't know if you've seen those. They're all over the yep, place. Yep, so be smart. You don't want to do that. Yeah, be smart. But again, ease.com mm-hmm. will deliver it to your house. Use our promo code HAM, $20 off. And uh, over fifty dollars free delivery, guy. Wow, well, it's it's and look outside, it's golf. It's we're getting in the golf oh, season it's, now. It's turning. Yep, it's time. It has turned. It has turned. Uh, also, great to have on the podcast. Upstart, first time on, which is great. Upstart.com slash ham. Getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Sky high interest rates make it incredibly hard for you to break out of that uh, revolving debt cycle. That's why there is Upstart.com. It's a revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Well, I I know this guy that I did a little calculation last week with the taxes, and my tax bill is pretty massive. I also have a massive mortgage. I owe about you know over three hundred fifty grand. Massive credit card debt. Just like you know, I like nice stuff. Use credit cards. Yep. I am going make money, to get an upstart money. loan. Yeah, you got to make money to get. I, I need some cash, and if you need a cash influx, Upstarts believes that you're more than just your credit score. The best part: one loan is approved. Most people get their funds the very next business day. I might have to do this this week. I, I need some cash, and I need it fast. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt. I got a lot of credit card debt. Consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. There you go. Upstart.com. Slash ham over uh, 200,000 people. If you've used Upstart to pay off the credit cards, student loans, fund the wedding, make a big purchase. You know, most uh, most uh, times the only thing they look at is the FICO score and your credit history. But this goes into college education, your current job. So a much better uh, representation of you. See why Upstart is ranked number one in the category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and Hurry to upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your upstart rate is. Check your rate. Only takes a few minutes, guy, and won't affect your credit. That's key. Won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash ham. There you go. All right. Uh, and again, thanks to everybody's support of the podcast. We keep on rolling here into NFL Draft Week. It is NFL Draft Week, Middlecoff. We've made it. We've made it. It's Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. Draft is Thursday, John. Thank God. Thank God. I, you, you live for Saturday of the draft, don't you? Me? Fourth through seventh. Yeah. Got oh, <laughs> locked in. When they do the yeah. picks like during commercial breaks, 
Exactly. And they just start like interviewing coaches. No, it's like Mike Tomlin, the Steelers just chose a player. He's like, that's no fucking clue. Yeah, my Mike doesn't know his name. We're you know, ma- that, that's always funny. It's like Frank Wright's talking. The Colts just take like three players. Like, how did Frank do that? Is he a ventriloquist? <laughs> yeah, they just don't care. Or like when the monkey at the zoo picks in May, I remember you used to lose his shit. <laughs> my favorite. I guess they're not doing those anymore. Okay, so- good. Someone said, like, no more zoo animals. My favorite recent late draft moment was when Mayock went on TV and demanded that the Vikings take a guy from Germany, and then they did. Remember the, oh, the, the wide what receiver? What happened to that guy? I don't know. I think he's been on practice. He'll be in Raiders camp this year. It doesn't oh. feel like they're – remember last year there was some, like, huge rugby player that might get drafted. The Eagles ended up drafting him in the seventh round. It, now, maybe we learned this in the draft, but that human, like the Jared Hain – the Minnesota, the fucking dude from Germany. We haven't really heard of this obscure, like, there's this dude in China. I'm telling you. I think he's got seven sacks in him yep. as a three-year developmental guy. Sumo like, wrestler, really projects yeah. as a left guard. <laughs> yeah, like, where is that human? That, that's what I need to go. It's been Kyler, 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 Kyler. But what about the dude from, like, Russia that could probably, uh, you know, handle playing deep safety? Yeah. The best guys, I would say, foreign guys that translate is Australian kickers. That tends to be the best translation. And they're all at the University of Utah at 28 years old. Doesn't so. Utah have a punter this year? Well, they have, yeah. I mean, uh, they've got two specialists, I think. Mitch Wisnowski. They've, they've had the last three years, like those two guys, or the last two years, I guess, were both finalists. Both won it one year and both were finalists, I think, the next year for the punter and kicker of the year award. Lou Groza I, I, and uh, I Ray do Guy. I think, what's his name? Aguayo has somewhat hurt the special team market for bold picks. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. Like now it's like after Aguayo, if you're a punter or a kicker, you're probably not going above like the fifth anymore. Cause there was a run where it was like, you know, to get it, you know, obviously Sebastian, but then the one punter from Cal years ago, went to that, the Jags, uh, went to the Jags. Anger, that, anger. that was a failure. But Aguayo was like, dude, this is the best college kicker ever. Even though when you dove into the numbers, like, actually, he didn't really hit that many deep kicks. But it was like, oh, whatever, he's locked in. And then it was the ultimate bust. He definitely has not helped the kickers. No, no. I think his brother is the kicker at Florida State. It's like the opposite of what Russell Wilson did for short quarterbacks, Drew Brees. Well, what if he's Russell Wilson? Exactly. So you need, if you are something, you need whatever that is to have success. Because now it's like, without Russell Wilson... Kyler's probably not going one. Well, Without Baker, then Baker. Wild, but Baker helps Russell, too. Yeah, right? Baker I helps, mean, too. Uh, Kyler. Well, because now you can double that. It's like, well, it's not just Russell had success. Look at Baker. And then if Kyler does, we might just have an influx of midgets. So, John, I was uh, I was watching Get Up this morning. And, uh, <laughs> and Todd McShay was on. It actually can have moments where you're like, oh, this is kind of entertaining. Uh, and this is what he said. John Gruden loves Kyler Murray, I'm told, and doesn't necessarily love Derek Carr, I'm told, which is going to be an interesting thing to see. May not play out in this draft, but I think at some point it's going to come to an end between Carr and Gruden, from what I hear. Now, he also added that he thinks there's a 99.9% chance that the Cardinals draft Kyler, so Gruden won't get his chance this year. But um, I got to think that, you know, I, Gruden and and. McShay were at ESPN together for a long time. I'm not, I don't know how well they know each other, but it, they work the, they work the drafts together. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I think this just adds to what a big year it is for Derek, as we've talked about a number of times. But if Gruden doesn't get his guy, and it doesn't feel like he's going to get his guy if his guy's Kyler, it's just this is just a wild dynamic. The Raiders don't seem this thing can never just settle down. Well, I think the league has to be very happy with the Cardinals, regardless what they do. Is they've kept this. It's starting to piss me off. I'm like, just pick a goddamn lane. But that's that's good. You know, you want the reaction of either everyone. Sometimes when everyone knows, like I was thinking about right before we jumped on to do the pod this morning, I was getting really mad. Like, God damn it. Can you guys just fucking trade Josh and get this over with? (laughs) Well, remember last year at this same time last last year with two or three days, I don't think we quite knew what the Browns were going to do. That that does help just the buildup of the draft. Yeah. There was, when did the, with the Baker photo, come out I think it, it might have been like Thursday okay I actually think remembering remember Baker stayed at home in Texas and I don't think he quite knew until Dorsey called him the, the difference is is the moment on Thursday I would imagine the draft starts at five so, so I was watching some draft shows on NFL Network. Were you watching like the in, 2016 draft that got replayed on Saturday? No, I, I was watching like Caught in the Draft. It was like a break from like the 60s. And this one guy was like, yeah, we didn't have time limits. So you could get in certain situations where a team, they just couldn't decide. It could last like an hour on a pick. You what? know, they were just arguing in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, think about that. The time think, limit is pretty genius. Yeah, think what their reports looked like too then. But... Someone just tweeted at me. Do you think that this car, or I mean this Kyler to the Raiders smokescreen, like to me it doesn't quite feel like 99%. I think DJ, his tweet a couple weeks ago, he started to get a little uneasy, and it's just the nature of we don't have the information. It kind of feels like 85, and we talked about it a lot last week. I would imagine, I think Schefter or Rap Sheet said they're meeting today. Kime, Cliff, and the owner. Really, I just think the hammer home, whatever they're already thinking. But in those meetings, I would imagine that they're just going over the three scenarios. We could trade back. We could just take a player, non-quarterback, or we could take Kyler and trade Rose. Like, they do have three legitimate options. What, to me, on the trade back, if they want Kyler Murray, what is the amount that we would need to keep Josh? Is it four twenty-seven and a third? Like, is that enough? Um. So th- th- this is where this one gets really. Weird. I-, I just don't know when it comes to this position, the quarterback position. Like, I feel like you've got to either like the guy or not like the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you either like him enough that you're not trading him, or you're open to trading him and you trade him. And you draft the other guy. You have to, you have to decide which one do we think is better. Is it Josh or Kyler? And then you just stick with that guy. Like I, this is where the sm- all the smokescreen stuff, to me, is a little weird. Just like you're telling me you like him, kind of, but you would trade him for the right price. But then, I don't know, man. I, like what you just said, I do think is is good enough to keep Rosen to answer your question. If you if it's kind of close, you agree with that. Well, if you liked Rosen, like let's just use recent examples. Remember the Titans had Mariota. Uh, that's the one that stands out. But let's just say you felt like that. you like, this guy's going to be our franchise quarterback. 
if you could parlay that into two first round picks, so just move down a couple spots, like get and get four. That's mm-hmm. the one thing the Raiders have. Like their first round pick, given that Kyler's gonna be one of it, would be the first pick, sweet would spot. guarantee them a really sweet player of four, right? Right, right, right. And then you go, well, if they give us four, twenty-four, and thirty-five, like that's a fucking haul if you like Rosen. Right? I do it in a heartbeat if I like Rosen. But if I didn't like Rosen, if I like Kyler more, then there's I do think no, Kyler in a vacuum nothing you is could, a better prospect than Rose. I'm just saying, if, like, yeah, if you, if, if now this is the other thing is like, do Kime and, and do they all agree in that room and, and Cliff? Um, but if, if they do and they like Kyler more then I, to me, there's not enough. There's not anything anybody can give you to keep you from taking the better quarterback. Like the position is just so important. That's to, the part to me, that gets to me. The fascinating this. part though, is guy. Yeah. And you and I, just given where we live and what we talk about the most, the the coach quarter or I mean the coach GM relationship, we've had arguably, I'd say Balky and Harbaugh is the most famous the last ten years, the most famous breakup, even more than Howie and Chip, because Jim was bigger than Chip, uh, and Trent they just had accomplished more. And then the Gruden Reggie thing, I mean Reggie was coming off the executive of the year, I wouldn't put it on that level, but it was a pretty big public divorce that I I'm just interested in the dynamics. Like, was that more the owner hiring cliff because of what he was seeing than what Kime wanted? Did Kime want him now? Does Kime, is there any resentment in the room? Like, bro, I just know more about the NFL than you. And in right. fairness to Kime, he's right. Yeah. Like coach fucking Josh Rosen and I'll get you way more picks and players. I pick the players, you coach the players or are they just buddy, buddy? I, I don't know. I, one thing that I think people – there's a misconception about Cliff because he's so goddamn good-looking is that he's just like – because usually when you're that good-looking, people just assume like, oh, you just go out every night and just get laid all the time. You're just a party guy because sometimes you kind of act like a Hollywood actor. He's actually the opposite from like – I know people that know him, just reading about him. He was raised by a Marine. He's actually like an old-school hard-ass grinder. Like, he is in the office. Like, he works Gruden hours. He doesn't really have a life. And if you think about it, how many pictures have you seen? Like, oh, there's Kingsbury at the Kentucky Derby. Oh, there's, like, he's not really his thing, even though I think we just naturally think that when you look like that. Uh, Derby and Easter colors feels like right up what the per- persona, the perception of him is. That's a good call. But don't, do you agree, though? Like, there's not much substance behind what I think <clears throat> people think about him. When yeah. is the last time you've seen, oh, there's him in Cabo? He's not, I think he leads a pretty boring life. To say one thing about him at Texas Tech, he got a lot of hype for being him, but it was a pretty like meat and potatoes program in terms of like he wasn't going Jim Harbaugh on social media. Yeah, he I never felt like he was the one driving the hype train on him. No, but it, it just naturally becomes that. Right. He probably could have done, and, and again, he was just true to himself. So I wonder if like I knew I knew uh, I had a friend. Uh, I knew a girl whose husband was a coach, and she would call Cliff Fifty Shades. That was their nickname for him. Does he look like that guy? Just no, I don't know. Just because, just Fifty Shades. Of, I don't know, <laughs> right? Just like the prototypical smooth dude. So I, I'm just fascinated by their relationship, and this this has the chance. If Kime really likes Rosen, and this guy's just adamant, I'd rather coach this other guy, but he knows that I can get so much value. That can fra- it can it can kind of end a relationship, but then all of a sudden it like God. 
uh, what's uh, you know, Kyler just doesn't look right, and and Rosen goes to the New York. It's like God, the fucking Giants got Josh Rosen for a third round pick, and they're decent. Yeah, well, I mean, let's take that and put it in Oakland then. Like the same deal applies. It almost feels like it would be lower drama if the Raiders ended up with Kyler, right? Based on what McShay said, just based on what we've been talking about this whole time. I don't know how Mayock feels about Kyler versus Derek, but it like this this thing just has the potential to keep dragging on if Gruden is constantly looking for somebody else. And again, but again, how, yeah, how he's Mayock always feels, look, he's no. always looking for someone else. That's true. Maybe that'll just always be, and you said this a while ago, and you're right. Like he loves everybody until he's got them. But does he feel that way about Mayock? I don't know. We'll find out. I mean. Well, I think there are some teams out there right now that if you don't have a good feel on Rosen or, like, if they're going to truly trade him, and that's what it kind of feels right now. Like, some of these teams aren't quite sure. And this is back to the kind of the cloak and dagger. I give time credit they're on doing. that. Yeah, they're, they're do, they've done a good job. But if you're Washington or New York or whoever, now it would be different for New York because you're not trading for Derek Carr and then Derek Carr's not sitting behind Eli, right? Derek's got his issues, but I'd rather fucking play Derek Carr than Eli in 2019. Mm-hmm. That's not even arguable. So if you're, But if you're one of those teams, like, would you rather just trade for Derek than Rosen? Let's just wait and see how this thing plays out. That's why I think a lot of these teams, their offer, they're offering quote-unquote under market value because you should be able to get a second for Rosen. But I'm a team like, let's just wait. Because I'd rather just get a second for Derek. You know, use my second for Derek. That's where I think kind of the elephant in the room of this domino is. That more because teams would want Derek than Rosen. Yeah. Just more of a sure thing. You've seen more. And he's relatively young. And under contract. <laughs> right. Cheap. And you don't have to give up that much. All right. So Monday, April 22nd today's prediction, not tomorrow's prediction, not yesterday's prediction. Today's prediction is Kyler Murray in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, that's, it feels like the safe thing to bet. Yeah. Okay. So Derek's still in Oakland, but, but, but again, like I, I don't have a, I'm starting to no, question. I know. I know. I'm just like, just how do we feel today? The answer, the true answer, how do Haberman and Middlecoff feel? The true answer is we don't know, but for fun today, if he's in Arizona and Derek's in Oakland, where's Rosen? I'm going to go Washington. Here's the way I do feel that I don't know what, as we sit here the April 22nd, have any clue what Arizona deep to their core really wants to do. I know John Gruden would rather have Kyler Murray than Derek Carr. Like you're just regardless what happens, Raider nation know that your coach would rather have Kyler than Derek. Cause there's a lot like on Twitter, like, Oh, we love Derek. Our coach loves him. Man. Have Kyler. No. It's not even disputable at this point. Uh, the this is my one of the best things that happens. Uh, get up to the draft, John. Is when the Wonderlicks leak. I'm going to read you. I've got a list of quarterbacks here. You tell me which. I'm going to give you three names. Which of these people is not a prospective NFL quarterback? Okay. Name number one, Sean McGuire. Name number two, I'll go with uh, Tyree Jackson. Name number three, Easton Stick. Well, the Tyree Jackson is the Buffalo quarterback. Right. Uh, I saw the list, so I know that Easton guy's name is on there. All three I, of them are real. They're actually all three real people. If you put a gun to my head and said, just give me some information on Easton Stick, like school attributes, some stats, I don't even know where I'd start. 
You I mean, would, honestly. Yeah, you'd go to North Dakota State. That's where he's from? That's where he's from. And, uh, you know, so, some people think maybe he'd be a fit in Philadelphia, actually. Seriously? Yeah. Later round guy or maybe undrafted. I don't, I've ne- I don't know anything about Easton Stick. I just Googled it while we're talking. Uh, but he did have the uh, fourth highest wonderlick, John. Bob McGinn, Ryan Finley, 43. Gardner Minshew, 42. Daniel Jones, 37. Easton Stick, 32. Clayton he's Thorson. He's, he's 6'1". Okay. Clayton Thorson, 32. Trace McSorley, 31. Will Greer, 30. Brett Rippon, 28. Jarrett Stidham, 27. Drew Locke, 26. Tyree Jackson, 25. Dwayne Haskins, 25. Sean McGuire, 22. And Kyler Murray, last at 20. Can I can I read you the first sentence? You, you see Eastern Stick. He looks like a Wall Street trader. 6'1", white guy. The first line of uh, Zerline's overview. Okay. Revered team leader. <laughs> <laughs> whose tenure was marked by consistency and success. There you go. Back up. He's a winner. Yeah, he's getting drafted. By the Eagles? Maybe not drafted for it. He feels like a better McGloin. One of, oh, uh, see, this is where, like, you've got a situation that got a little weird with Wentz last year. You traded Foles. You want Wentz. You, you want him to have a good year so you can sign him. You want him to be happy. Wentz, quote, I love the kid to death. He's one of my good friends. I, I I do think when you more often than not like the smaller school guys, there's like a different type close bond than sometimes I think at the bigger programs can be just a little faker. Like I, I I'm saying like I I think Wentz is telling the truth. <laughs> like if you go to North, like there's a bond they have that like the guys in Alabama <clears throat> it's just different. But he can't be so talented that he threatens Carson like Foles did. Well, I mean the guy is six one like so I mean this guy ain't Wentz. What do you think about Kyler last twenty? Uh, I mean, to me, oh, the by the F- way, let me also say this, John, the whole like, this is offensive that it gets leaked every year. Doesn't bother me one bit. No, it should get leaked. I mean, it's just, it's information. We can get all the other information. We get this information to test score. We have all the other guys test scores. Like some guys done shitty. Some guys have become great players. Some guys have done really well and become shitty players. What's the famous like line? There's been a lot of intellectual derelicts like just because you're smart doesn't mean you're going to be good at anything in life let alone play quarterback that I, I think when you see this there is a baseline though for quarterback for the most part there are a couple outliers I mean Brett Favre would tell you he's not the smartest guy in the room uh that's the one that really stands out but like John Elway Stanford guy Peyton Manning's a fucking genius I mean Brady clearly is pretty smart like Aaron Rodgers is probably too smart like a lot of the Drew Brees went to Purdue you know, like if Drew Brees had not made in the NFL, he'd be like running an engineering firm. Andrew Luck's a genius. Russell Wilson's sharp. Most good players are pretty smart at that position. Favre was a 22. So, like, to me, the lowest, like, Derek Carr was a 20. You know, that, that to me is about as low as you can get. So he's on the low end. Though, I would say the difference between, like, the, he brings some to the table these other guys don't bring. So it's just like he can make up for – like he has time to grow intellectually with the sport because he can run. Like Ka- Kaepernick, I think, was like a 28. Like a lot of guys, to me, are like 27 and above become really good quarterbacks. Have you seen a uh, Wonderlick test? Yeah, administer them. Like do they measure your – like your ability – like they can't really measure your ability like process what you're seeing on a football field, right? No, it's not about football. It's yeah, like uh, it's, it's it, like if you have seven pens in a uh, in a cup, and three of them are red, and 
four of them are purple, and I take, you know, it's like one of those. I take the four purples away. How many right. pens do you have left? Right. At what so, color? But, so like you could be a 20, but you can be number one in football eyesight to brain processing. And 1000%. It's, it, it's more, it's now just a baseline to compare to other quarterbacks in the history of football. It's not, you could argue it's not that relevant. I think a lot of teams will tell you, and I've read about this, and I don't know if like, you know, teams that I know do this, I don't even ask, but you know, like have psychologists that administer like specific type tests to get right. like cognitive thinking. I know the Patriots had a guy, remember Mike Reese wrote a story that well, their guy like retired or went to do something else. NBA teams are big on this. I mean, a lot of teams are, they have their own kind of specific thing, but the wonder lick is more administered just by the combine, not necessarily like the teams don't give a shit really. I mean, they do, but they don't. Like, Kyler Murray's going one. He was going one unless that number was, like, three. Like, Vince Young scored a six. And the one knock on him, like, looking back, besides he was inaccurate, was just he didn't have the capacity mentally. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but it's not a negative. He's so good, it doesn't matter. It's just one of those, like, in life, if you're so good, it doesn't matter, then you're so good, it doesn't matter. His score, to me, to be a red flag would have had to be, like, ten. Like twenty is fine, right? It's not a red flag score. The did only did red... you ever did you ever read the Klemko article on him? No, the one was, was his dad heavily involved in that article. Yeah, I think I skimmed it. Yeah, I mean, he's just. What, what did you take away from it? Yeah, just I just think there are some questions like some of the motives of the day. Like it just say what you want about Baker. He, he might've been cocky and a did, but there weren't like motives. There weren't like angles for the family. Just like, yeah, this dude's playing football. He gets a little cocky and caught up playing football. You know, he probably drank a little much that night in Arkansas when he got tackled, but it wasn't like, you know, he's just, he tried to play different people. Like, I think there's some, like, are they trying to play the NFL and play baseball and just like accumulate the most amount of money the way his dad kind of got like took a signing bonus out of high school and then refused oh, that's to get right, that's back. Right, that's they right, sued yeah. him. I, I just and then the, the part of it was like the way the Dan Patrick interview went. He had been prepped for it and the lady that prepped him talked to Klemko. It was like it all went out the window. He just started doing no comments. Like we just we had talked about what to say. Like, you know, I'm just I love them both. I'm still gonna play it out. I I don't know. He's just kind of like a creation of his family. But at the end of the day for all that, what I, all I just said, he's a remarkable player. Like, he's a legit top five draft pick in any draft, right? If Luck's in a draft, whatever, he'd be, he'd go really high, as he should. He's a remarkable prospect. It, to me, his big knock is his size. Not, because he's not like a bad guy. Again, I, we know people in Oklahoma, they, they like him. They But they, they revered Baker. Like, Baker, I think, when all the cameras are off and you're just with him, is just like, He's got some natural shit that football people just like. I think well, Kyler, I think there's, and you always say it, like there's a baseball element yeah. that when you play the sport, and he he doesn't just play, like clearly he's pretty good at it. It's it's in his DNA to kind of be a baseball player. It's just different than football, you know? I think what makes this draft great, John, is in a lot of drafts we talk about a guy, and in this case Kyler. If that guy goes one, it, then it's kind of a letdown. Right, like, all right. Well, he went. It, it, what what we thought might happen happened. Now, okay, but with them, if he goes one, like, there's still the Rosen element to this whole thing. Now, maybe the Rosen element occurs before the Kyler draft pick. Probably not, though. At this point, like at this point, 
Josh isn't getting traded now, right? Like they're waiting till Kyler is wearing the Cardinals hat for them to trade Josh Rosen. Well, guy, there's a chance that Josh does not even get traded on Thursday night. Right. He might not get traded on Friday. Is is there a remote chance he does not get traded over the weekend at all? Well, I do think if you're them, like your incentive to trade him immediately would be, are we sitting there on Friday going, you know what, there is this guy, we would get this this pick. The, the incentive to trade him that night would be you, you have a first-round pick to use that night, right, if you trade him to the Giants. Like you want to use that pick. First-round right? pick. Yeah. How would you get a first? You get a first round. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you're not get. But you're not getting that. You're not getting the Giants' first round pick. You're not getting. You what if they offer? Yeah, but it's like we can get the second now, or you can hold out. For so the incentive Friday would be like, right? Maybe we it's Rosen plus something. Rosen plus our third, and we get a Rosen plus our fourth, and we get that second round pick at the top. Of Probably the have round. to happen Friday because it's second and third round on Friday. Oh, you're right. right. So yeah, so that that Friday would make sense. Like if there's a player that they like, then they do a deal. If there's not, then they wait it out a little longer. But I feel like at their point in the franchise's just development, they need to do it Friday because they need to use that pick. Could you do a player for player, like Rosen for you some could. starting linebacker yeah. or something if you like yeah. that more? Yeah, but do, do you really contract? trade a quarterback, a quarterback prospect for a linebacker? Well, then maybe it's like a player and a, like and a okay, pick. we'll yeah. give you a third, but we also want your nickel corner. Exactly, or you know? like the Alex Smith deal. Yeah, and that guy became their nickel corner. And actually, as it turned out, that deal was with Washington, so. So you, you actually can sell that internally like, well, I know I'm getting an NFL player and I'm getting a good pick for Rose. Like that, that's probably what I'd shoot for. Would you rather have the second round pick? Or would you rather have the player that may be undervalued on the other team that you like and their third round pick? That's where I think prop more than likely if they really believe they're going to take Kyler, they're discussing right now. Yeah, like, if, what that, are if that Rosen pick – but see, I would say if that Rosen pick that you get is at the top of the second round, which doesn't feel like it would be, that's pretty tempting. Like if it's a giant second round. Yeah, if pick. you feel like you can get whatever. If Nikhil Harry's on the board on the second round, you know, just somebody like somebody that borderline first round level guy. I agree. So it's a starting player. Because I think if you're the Giants, you're going, wait a second, if we don't have to give up our second, we can get another guy, we can take another guy and get a quarterback. Like that's a grand slam. If we end well, up. Well, that's what I think third. a lot of these that's what I think a lot of these teams are like. <clears throat> I think we can get this guy for a third round pick. Yeah, I think you're right. If he gets traded for a third-round pick, that's pretty fucking nuts. Because think about this. C.J. Beathard's going into his third year. He got, he was a third-round pick. Right. So you get Josh Rosen for a third-round pick a year into his career where he showed – he didn't show anything great, but he didn't – I mean, he just it, – it was what it was. The team was the worst team in the league. That is – just from a value standpoint, at point of the trade, it doesn't get much better than that, right? Do you think? Like, right because if I would have told you doing... that last, if I would have told you that last year, if you were the Giants, you got Josh Rosen in the third round, people would have been like, "You got Saquon Barkley and Josh Rosen, right? And whoever their second round pick was, that'd be like greatest draft ever." The third round, you got Josh Rosen. Right. That's just fucking. Even if Josh Rosen never becomes a player, that's, that's the easiest trade you'll ever make. If a team gets Josh Rosen for a third rounder. To me, you're fucking doing cartwheels down your office hallway, because it's just, just that's just too easy of a trade to make. He's cheap, like it's just the Niners gave up a second for Josh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but then they had to pay him eighty million dollars. 
right now while we're making predictions, for, do they get a second or a third for Josh Rosen? Because uh, I, I, I a third, yeah. He, he, well, here's the curveball. Somebody ball told me that, last week that they hadn't been offered anything better than a third. Here's the curveball guy that I heard from someone in the loop that said Dwayne might fall a little bit. The Redskins will not pass on him at 15. Mm. So if the Redskins take Dwayne Haskins. God, I would love that pick for them. Then Josh Rosen is no longer an option for them, right? Right. So, and if somehow, what if the Giants, here's what fucks them a little bit. Like, what if the Giants take Drew Locke or Daniel Jones at six? Like your your options go from you might just and Belichick's like wait I can get Josh Rosen for a fourth. Well that yeah you're right <laughs> like but is, that would be is that where we're headed? maybe but when but, we're talking but about be why there'd be a lot of teams with starters that would trade when we're talking about like if you're, why if you're you would Seattle, if you're Seattle you're like we'll give you our third for Josh Rosen he'll just be the backup and then we'll trade him yeah right yeah someone well, would trade with a starter I don't know they value the the quarterback but they they value their picks so much those third round picks in Seattle and they need them because their quarterback just got expensive I don't know if they could afford to do that like they need that third round pick to become a starting defensive back don't they the Seahawks well I, I'm just I just use them as like a random arbitrary team I'm just saying like, the Packers there'd be a lot of teams that you could justify like let's just get this guy and this guy will be an asset for us in a year he just comes be the backup he's a, he looks awesome in the preseason we flip him could the, Ra- I, I, could the Raiders I, justify it? Yeah, I mean, I'd be thinking about it if I was a lot of these teams. For sure. I, what I was going to say though is that is that would be the reason to do the trade on Friday. Like, if you're the if you're the Giants, right? Would you rather have Rosen for a third round pick, give up your third for Rosen, and use your first round pick on another player, or use your first round pick on Drew Locke? If you'd rather sure. trade your third for Rosen, you need to know that you can actually do that before you make your first round pick. Yes. So that the would problem, be the problem for them, though, is if you're these other teams, you're like, OK, I'll give you a third for Rosen right now. But I'm not going to give you a second because I don't know exactly how this draft's going to shape out. Like, what if what if Dwayne Haskins falls to me if I'm the Redskins? And I take Dwayne Haskins and I use that second on a player. So I think a lot of these teams are lowballing from the sense that maybe you can get more from me on draft day when I miss out on my player. But I'm not going to give it to you before the draft. I don't know how the bidding is going to like, I don't know how the market's going to shape out. Unless you're drafting in like top three or four, I've heard a lot of people that just cover the NFL. Let's call it what it is. These mock drafts are fun. We see it every year. We got no fucking clue after like the top really four. We got a pretty good feel for the top four names. Like Bosa, obviously Kyler, Quinn and Williams, Josh Allen may not be top four, but top five or six. You know, Devin White. But by the time like pick eight goes, like TJ Hawkinson or like – who know you just don't know guy what happens every year that all of a sudden by pick 10 or 11 you and me are on our couch going whoa you know they, they just take like uh i don't know you know Nikhil harry goes 12th right i'm just i'm just throwing that i don't know you know just whoever damn dk metcalf did go nine you know just something like there's weird shit happens remember last year forever it was like minka fitzpatrick minka fitzpatrick Mink, he ended up going 12th or 11th Derwin James ended up going 17. Like, does Ed Oliver go three? Because I've heard someone text me the other day, Ed Oliver's going to go four to the Raiders. And then I saw a Roto World deal that said Ed Oliver might not make it past the Jets. Well, if Ed Oliver goes three, like, could Quinn and Williams end up going like five? Right. Yeah. Could Josh Allen end up going seven? 
I think there are some questions on Josh Allen, like, is he a little overhyped? Well, I'll just go back to, to this for a second. This is what happens, though, when the draft's so far away, guy. I, a lot, And I've been in it. You and I are having these conversations. At least we talk about other shit. Like, we'll talk about the Warriors a little. Imagine if you worked in the NFL and run a draft room. You're just constantly talking about these fucking scenarios. You drive yourself nuts. Yeah. Well, th- that's where it goes. If you're the Cardinals and the Giants offer you 95, they're third. Do you, you've got to be confident that you're going to get something better than that to turn that down, that you're going to get a second. Because if the Giants like, we'll offer you 95, and, they, and then you say no, and the Giants take a quarterback at 17, maybe not even at six, but they take a quarterback at 17, and now this incredible third-round pick is off the table. It's a really good third, right? I mean, it's basically a second-round pick. Well, it's, it's a risk of just... I mean, this this whole thing's kind of risky for them. Yeah, that's that's where that's where it gets kind of fun. It's like, are you you think you're going to create some bidding war later Friday, and you're going to get a second form, or should you just take the Giants' third round pick? Yeah, to, I mean, to me, there's a chance they get fucked here. And any time that you hold out for a better deal, sometimes you get screwed. I, to me, it's just that simple. Sometimes when you hold out for a better deal in anything in life, that deal ends up disappearing. And then all of a sudden, God, they couldn't really give Rosen away. Maybe is there like a point to me where that, you keep him? One thousand percent. Like if it gets I, to I the point where you're getting a late fourth, you go, you know what? Let's just yes, let, let's you, just let this guy battle it out for a little while, see what happens. Yes, that'd be crazy. That feels like it's on the table. That would be crazy. All right, what about the Forty Niners? Um, are is are they in a position where they think? Jimmy Garoppolo makes them good enough that they don't take the best player available when they draft the second pick. They just take the guy that can help Jimmy the most. Like if they're sitting there and Nikhil Harry's on the board at the top of the second round and he's not the best player available on their board, but the best player available on their board is like, I don't know, a safety, a corner, whatever. Is Jimmy that good that he affects you drafting for need instead of BPA? Because I, I was reading Mike Freeman this weekend. I guess Friday he wrote that somebody, AFC executive, told him that uh, Jimmy's the best chance to be the next Patrick Mahomes, like he's that talented. But that the team has sneaky more talent than people know. And I read that and thought, like, I don't think they do. I don't think they've got sneaky more talent on offense than people realize. I, we watched yeah, I think them all. He, I think he's really good, and when he plays, they look better than they should. I, I think it's that simple. They don't have... You know, they got, they got this guy who's really kind of the next Devontae Adams, and then they got this guard who, you know, I don't want to call him Larry Allen Jr., but you just see him in the practice squad. He's got a chance. And but I think, it's more, I think it's more like, is Dante Pettis going to have a breakout year, or is he just going to be solid? Well, I mean, I, I, what do you know what I'm tired of hearing? Like, I like Kwaski Tarp. Kwaski Tarp fucking breaks an arm or a leg every year. Eric Armstead is not a very good player. Solomon Thomas is average at best. Quan Alexander has a torn ACL. They're depending on Jason Barrett who somehow is running on a treadmill after he tore his Achilles in, like, November, but he's doing it. You can find him on Instagram. He's played one game in three years. Like, they got some names, but they got some major injuries around the board. And even the quarterback who, yeah, he might be the next Patrick Mahomes. And really, he was kind of Patrick Mahomes. Again, he was never been as good as what Patrick just did. But he was pretty fucking good the end of the last season. But he has had two major injuries in ten games. So I like Jimmy. I think Jimmy's a fantastic fantastic player when he's on the field and is a much more talented quarterback than most of the guys we talk about from like 
quarterback now like 7 to 12. Like when Jimmy's humming, he's he's elite. But he's got to stay healthy. Like that is a pretty big curveball in his whole deal, right? I, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo's playing and they just have a solid draft, yeah, you don't need to force it. But, like, you can't just have no receivers, guy. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, he gets hit in the hamstring. He's out for three weeks. Dante Pettis, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I like Dante Pettis. I thought he was a little bit overdrafted when they took him. Same. I, I think they're in a position where they anything close to a tie goes to a wide receiver with their second pick. Because it does seem like this wide receiver draft is – like, you're going to get a good player potentially at the top of the second round of that position. I'm not even against, like, the hybrid tight ends. Oh, yeah, like, sure. Just no at- fan is. Irv Smith, that guy's basically your slot. You can have two guys on the, that. That works, too. Just a receiving. It doesn't feel like they'll be there, though, at the top of the second round. No. Not no fan. But I think there's going to be a lot of receivers guy, whether it's, you know, Marquise Brown, Akeem Butler, Nikhil Harry. Some of the uh, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. How about uh, Riley Ridley? No one's talking about Riley Ridley. Well, to me, he's a little bit later, like in the third round. The Paris Campbell guy that just ran like a three <laughs> or four three uh, for at Ohio State. Could you take him in the third round? Like to me, Marquise Goodwin doesn't just preclude you from uh, from ever drafting that version of a player, no, right? It's, no. Oh, we already got Marquise. We can't take the best <laughs> receiver available because he's not the same type of guy. I got another no. one. I'm not even against doubling down. What if you take like Nikhil Harry and then take Paris Campbell in third? Go bam, bam. Because you know what, guy? Didn't they do that a few years ago? Not that it matters. I'm just out of curiosity. I feel like that happened. Uh, I don't know if it did did with them. It doesn't feel like they drafted many wide receivers over the last like five or six years, does it? I feel like Trent did that. Uh, Why do I feel like Uh, he took like two receivers and neither was? Hold on. I'm going back now. Maybe in the late yeah. He took Smelter. He took Smelter. He took... Uh, they took Bruce Ellington. They took Quentin Patton. They took A.J. Jenkins. Yeah, I, I must be... Uh, I made that up. Anyway. I mean, I, it just seems like a year where there's going to be a guy there who everybody, everybody listening knows, too. That's the other part, right? Like, there's going to be a guy there who everyone listening to this has talked about, who we've talked about, who we will talk about. Maybe multiple guys. Maybe they're going to have to choose between a couple guys. That's why I double down. I, I, I got no problem taking two receivers, guy. Second and third round. Boom, boom. Bam, bam. And my mindset is the Raiders are just one baby score fucking points, baby. That's, well, help Jimmy baby is make Yeah. Help Jimmy. Help Jimmy baby. That That's the slogan. Make Jimmy, I like it. Make Jimmy worth the money you're paying him. So I, but see, see to me, Jimmy's going to be worth the money you're paying him. <laughs> if he's on the key is just keep his ass on the field. Yeah. I, do you have any worries with Jimmy when he's just on the field? Yeah. Oh, when As he's on the, when he's on the field? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm worried that he will get knocked off the field when I'm watching him. I am. But when he's on the field, I think he's a really good quarterback. I've I've not wavered from that belief. 
I don't think you have either. I don't think you remember. Clue you they remember have. Clint Stitzer, the former kicker for Fresno State? Yeah. Eastern Stick just looks just like him. I still have his really? page up. <laughs> yeah, kind of a doppelganger. I'm gonna take pride wherever Eastern Stick lands. That we were talking about him on April. Yeah, just be like, I'm gonna keep an I'm gonna keep an eye on Eastern Stick, the fourth preseason game Easton, when he's playing Easton. for Jacksonville. There's no H. East. What was I calling him? Easton. Easton Stick. Easton. 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 Say that. Five, say that five times fast. He Easton does look stick, like Clint Stitzer. He does. Call. Easton Stick. Easton Stick. It's one it's of those. Hard names. name to say. He wasn't born to be a soccer player. What do you think? Do you think his middle names has a big? Easton has a big stick. <laughs> Sounds like an SNL character now. Easton Big Stick. Big Stick. Yeah, that's probably his nickname. Uh, all right. Speaking of quarterbacks, well, you know, I I'll never. To me, one of the best quarterback transitions was two years ago after the 2017 draft when Schefter started tweeting about Josh Allen for 2018 immediately. They were right. And he was right. Uh, This is different, though, because people weren't talking about Josh Allen, really. Everyone was talking about Justin Herbert like he was going to be in this draft. Like, this was the week that Justin Herbert was going to get drafted. Now, would he get drafted ahead of Kyler right now? No, I don't think so, right? You don't think so, do you? No, if he was zero chance, where, zero, where zero he, chance. Where would he be? Would be a big. A well, big I mean, if people were talking about Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, he'd be in the mix. Like if those guys go in the yeah. first round, he would have been a first round quarterback. He'd be. I think he, we'd be talking about him. Is he going to be the second quarterback off the board, or will well, that? One, be? one thing I do think about Josh Allen, which made him pretty unique, he was at a small school. Like Herbert does play at fucking Oregon, right? right? Yeah. Who's produced a first rounder, you know, top five guy a couple years ago? No, I mean everyone's talking about him last year, just. People yeah. on this podcast, we were talking about him. Everybody was. But then he comes back to school, four-year guy, four-year starter. Uh, they're going to play Auburn week one. Like, he's just I, – I had a spring game on Saturday, John. He He's still – the one thing I want to see from him. Do you, like, what do like, you do with your hair? Do you go a little uh... – yeah, So, I forgot my product, and it was – it got a little – like, it's not that high right now, right? I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I haven't cut the front in, like – five straight haircuts. So I'm only getting the sides and the back. You do that on right purpose? Well, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? Which part? Am I doing which the, part on purpose? You, you leave the front just to have a sweet flow? I'm trying. Yeah, I'm just trying something different, basically. I'm, Get a little I'm, more I'm, flow. I'm, but but the problem I'm was jealous. I forgot my product and I was using an unfamiliar product this weekend. It got, it's, it's a little, I don't like it getting that high. Like it's a little much. I like the flow to be a little more subtle. And it got a little, it had a little, it had a little Hollywood vibe. Yeah, it. it got, it was, Hashtag film study. You called me out on it, and I looked at. It, I was like, God, that's an elevation sensation. That's a little much. Um, if you, you know, I can't can't knock it if I can't rock it. So I mean, <laughs> no, you can rock. You can knock it. You can. Uh, I everything. thought it was a power. I thought it was a power move. Like, well, you see this fucking hair, people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you like that. Uh, it just got a little elevated. That's all. Because like you start breaking up your head into threes, and it's like God. That's that's like one third of my head now. It's. Did you see Phil Knight at the game? Did not. Do you think he was there? Like, was there a buzz that he was on the? I did not. I all the buzz was about like all the big time prospects, but they had thirty five thousand. I mean, the the hype's big for them now, and it's big for Justin. And the one thing, like when I like they're going to play Auburn Week One, John. I think a lot. He's going to get picked apart, obviously, um, this year because he's on everybody's right now. You know, the conversation now is not will he or won't he. It's just like he's coming out. And the one thing I just want to like I and it didn't even he's happen a in the C- spring he's game. a senior right now. Correct. 
Okay. I just want to see him like have like game after game after game where he's just bang, bang, boom, just hitting passes, hit pass, hit pass, hit pass, hit pass. I feel like he still misses a lot of throws. If I'm nitpicking, and we are, this is nitpicking here, but it's kind of production time now. They won nine games last year with the bowl, but you know we see it all the time when you come back when you've been a, when you were a dude on everyone's radar as a junior, you're going to get heavily picked apart. And I do think part of why he come back, and you said this to me because you watched him talk and. And he basically said, like, Yogi, our buddy Yogi did an interview with him, Roth, and he said, like, why are you back? He's like, hey, a number of reasons, but one of them was I got some feedback and we took in all, we took in all the feedback. And it just you said it to me, like, I wonder if he would have gone if he was going to be the number one quarterback. And I think that's a fair thing to wonder. And it's, it's a fair reason to make a decision or not make a decision. If you're told you're going to be the number one quarterback, you probably will come out. I don't know. But I do think part of why he's back is he probably got picked apart a little bit in that process. And like, hey, there are things you can get better at. And there, I mean, there always are for guys. But I, I think, I think he's going to have. I, well, I, mean, I think that, everyone's going to be locked in on him now. Why? Well, hell yeah! That first game, that, that's easily one of the biggest games of that. What April? It's usually, or I mean, not April, but August, like 26, 27, 28, Right as the NFL season is still a week away, the preseason fourth game sucks. So college owns basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That has to be the biggest game, if not one of the biggest games, on the docket. When you fact, part of the reason it's the biggest game is because of him. So to me, there are two guys. Like he's really gonna get watched hard because now it's not like is he gonna come out or he's a senior. And Tua, who clearly is probably gonna come out too. Like it's been kind of rosy with him, and same with Herbert. I think Herbert got a little negative. More in the NFL circles, people are like, yeah, he's really talented. But now we watch him because you know he's going to be an NFL quarterback. God, he missed a lot of throws. God, his personality is kind of like he's basically Mariota 2.0. But he's not really a runner. But he is athletic. And to me, their team, you were telling me before the podcast, like you go on the field, their fucking team's huge. They got dudes. Really, really since Chip, they actually, in Chip's time, give him credit, they recruited a lot of big-ass motherfuckers. I mean, Eric DeForest. They've had a lot of guys, Deion even Jordan. the dude, Deion Jordan, and the guys that you said they have now. Like, they always kind of looked apart. They're not yeah. – and they even did with Bilotti. Like, they produce a lot of NFL guys. Like, this team is really talented. But I'd go, can this guy beat – like, Mike Leach kind of has them humming. Chris Peterson. Can he beat David Shaw? Cal, like, <laughs> they probably – They, the they, they had no problem with Cal last year. It doesn't look apart, but it's like, can he just rattle off a bunch of wins? Yep. Even if – Try to think. Uh, I guess it was Browning, but the first game last year, like Washington against Auburn, Auburn. Say at the end of the day, they didn't play that well, but then they kind of came back. But you're like, okay, Washington's a legitimate team. But it's different. We were more watching the team than the quarterback because he wasn't an NFL guy. But when you play in that game, it's like, can you overcome it? Because I, I think Tua, you watch, guy, the conversation on Tua is going to be different than it ever has been. Because so far, maybe the last game, it was like God, he was hurt. So it was like, whatever, he's injured. But he kind of just, God, is this the best quarterback he's ever had? And accuracy-wise, he is pretty unique. But how good is he? And I, it's harder to tell it at Alabama because he's playing with more talent. I mean, the, he's playing with NFL guys at receiver. And you were telling me that they don't really, they're not stacked at wide receiver at Oregon. So I think people are going to go, can he, does he elevate guys? Because if, if, if he goes 11 and one and he elevates a bunch of guys and the scouts are coming in like, listen, 
you know, he's playing with freshmen and sophomores. I, I don't. None of these guys are going to be first round. John, if people. they go eleven and one, he's going to be a Heisman finalist because he's yeah. going to have to play to that level. If they go eleven and one, he's probably be the number one pick. Yeah, I like to me eleven and one. If you told ask me odds eleven, are they? I, I I'm not ready for that yet. Feels like a miss. Oh, Jacob Fromm. Like to me, there are three guys. Yes, that are you're right. At the top of everyone's tongue. Yep. It'd be he's the only one out west that are draft eligible. Into yeah, that are like if go number one overall. Well, I just mean like Trevor Lawrence is on the tip of everyone's tongue, but he's not in the category yeah, you're talking about. Exactly, not draft. Yeah, draft eligible guys. From Tua, and uh, Herbert, and Herbert. Yeah, Herbert's brothers on the team now. Patrick Herbert, early enrollee, tight end, big dude, looks just like him. How many big dudes does that program have? I mean, they they got so they've got this guy DJ Johnson, tran- defensive end transfer from Miami, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the number two player in last year's. He's like early enrollee in this year's class. They've got. Is this- it safe to say that the University of Oregon is the most underrated campus out west? Like that's not be a pretty sweet place to go to school. Most he doesn't underrated. get like people are like go, go to Arizona, USC, but it's like if I if you went to Oregon, you get a good education. And for the rest of your life, you get to root for like Oregon football yeah. and Oregon basketball. I remember yeah. when we went up; there, it's pretty cool. Now yeah. it's a little different, hippie-ish, but right. It, but but you're right. Like it, there is just like when I see Oregon fans, like at the gym, dudes wearing Oregon gear, like they're just so take happy. a lot of like, pride. Just, in. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I like I would want to throw that logo on. Well, just like oh, we got a we're playing Auburn week one. Like you call your buddy. Like you want to go? Right. You want to get? We'll just fucking take a weekend and go out to Jerry's World. Go to the game Saturday. We'll stay. We'll stay somewhere Friday. I mean, John, they were the national championship five years ago, six years ago, I guess now. Guy, they've been to multiple national championships. They went but with I mean, Mariota. Like, yeah, yeah, the CFP national championship game. Yeah, I mean, they're didn't their basketball team just in the lead eight, or they get Sweet knocked six, out in the Sweet Sixteen? Sweet Sixteen, but the women's team went to the Final Four. You got full fucking night. I get, I, I'm telling you, I. Do you think it's underrated at this point? Oh, no. I, think, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like they get a ton. I think a lot of kids are going there. I feel like a lot of kids. Okay, Guy Haberman, you're growing up right now, and you know what you know, but you're 18. And you can go, I'm going to give you four options. Okay. You, you want to do what you end up wanting to do. Like, you want to do, I don't know, this, but just everything. <laughs> this, this, this. But this. You get to, okay, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, or Texas. I'll just throw a little curveball in there. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, is it very great group, great list. Um, I got to tell you, UCLA Sneaky has a real shot on this list. Well, yeah, you get to live down there. Yeah, and you still go. Like, okay, UCLA's okay, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's too. Okay, I'm gonna throw UCLA. But but, but this is no. But you, okay, no, I'll, I'll give you another one because that's you're gonna go to UCLA. You have to, Colorado, uh, transfer Colorado for UCLA. You know who I would put on this list? ASU. Okay, let's take make ASU. Yeah, ASU. Because I feel like ASU is probably more academically in my wheelhouse. Uh, coming ASU, out of high school. Oregon, Washington, Texas. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people go to ASU, take some pride in it. Like, I no, I see. Like when I, every time I go to ASU. ASU Every time I go to ASU, I'm like, this is badass. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so you could justify as you get older and make more money, like, hey, I'm gonna get a condo in Tempe just to go down there. Well, plus, like their football team, like I think their night night games at ASU, I think, are underrated from a football standpoint. 
basketball teams legit now like that matters um i mean it, look texas would have a chance but i i just fund i fundamentally it'd be hard for me just west coast it'd be tough for me to leave the leave the west coast washington uh, highest academics washington would like i'd probably be between washington and oregon um on that list i'd, I'd probably go arizona state really i'd probably go arizona state like I do, I do value the weather, and that's where ASU. Oregon, is. Texas, Washington, I, and I chose simply because Washington would have the smartest kids, meaning I'd have the hardest uh, road to success battling yeah. through the elites. Yep. Texas sneaky kind of would too. Like if you wanted to get a sport, it would be difficult. Arizona State would probably be the easiest and slash the most fun, slash you're just living in Tempe. But I think Oregon probably have the most well-rounded. Like, you could always say, oh, you went to Oregon. Oh, Phil Knight. Oh, you, you know. You just – it has a little more just resonation wherever you go slash easy path to success. I, I need easy path. <laughs> like, you couldn't throw middle cop at Syracuse. Yeah, she's I, I crowded, make... though. I mean, you know, like you're fighting it a is. lot of people. But I do think you're also fighting, like, does that guy have more discipline than me Correct. to not go do blow and chase women? That's true. Uh, like I was having this exact conversation with somebody this weekend just between Oregon and Washington. I said, well, the tough thing with both of them is just like, I, I, I'm missing a lot of sun, you know, like a lot of rain, a lot of cold. I don't know if I'm cut out for that. Um, what would you say is the better looking co-eds Oregon or Washington? Uh, I, I don't have a feel cause I, I, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'll give you an underrated place. Utah always just kind of was like, God, it's kind of a beautiful campus. <laughs> a lot of babes. Utah's a good spot. Utah's Utah a good would spot. probably not be in the Middlecoff wheelhouse, just the state. Would you go Would you go UCLA over USC? I'd have to think about that. Oh, okay. I'd, well, it's a podcast. There's no commercial break. We've got time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably be a Trojan. Because there's that's an tough, arrogance me, that comes tough, with it. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like, I'm fucking USC. To me, there's something that USC and Stanford have being private that's just a little more elite. Though, All like, right. Now, I think, that, I, a I think it's an obvious answer. But given everything you said now, as I'm trying to, like, I'm like a, a, a high school uh, counselor, like, directing you. Would you take, I feel like you would take SC over Stanford. Well, I'd have to think about that. I don't think it's disputable that Stanford would be my number if I wanted just pure success mm -hmm. in life mm -hmm. and having that be like I am a Kennedy, I right. am a Trump, you know, right. I am a whatever. But are like, you willing? Hey. Yeah, but don't you feel like I could work half as hard and still yeah, be pretty I, close? I know, I know like uh, three dudes in Hollywood, Wasserman, and this dude's dad that's a super rich guy in New York. But I think you get that at Stanford's a little different. You do get it at Stanford. I, I think Stanford would be. Pre, I, I think SC I'd would be the mix that you the, the ASU stuff you're looking for. But also, yeah. I think SC would have more for me personally. Yeah. Though I think I'd have to take a deep breath. Like this moves more about my parents. Okay. Now let's say you're the number one. Now let's say you're the number one quarterback prospect in the country. Or on the West Coast. I'd go to Stanford. You go to Stanford. Over SC. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go play for Clay Hilton. Over UW. I'd think about it. I don't know. He might not want me. Well, let's wants, say they all want you. Know. you. Let's say they all want you. And I would say, let's even take coaches. That, like, I, I would, like, just, we're talking about campuses. That's how this conversation began. Like, where do you want to go yeah, be the Steve dude? Talking, yeah. I, yeah. So take the coaches out of it. Like, is SC, is you, like, if I told you UCLA is as good as SC, 
Maybe, you I'm know, I can start moving the goalposts here. Oregon be pretty, pretty sweet, right? Hey, Chip, you're it's Middlecoff. Because <laughs> at Oregon, you're getting those six or seven home games that are fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, I think Austin is, to go back to your original point, is the campus underrated. Because that would be the one thing if you're Stanford, like, they do get five or six games where there's not that many people there. At Oregon, if you're top ten, that place is our SEC. Yep. You, I think USC can be like that. I would say, though, the big difference now than when Pete was humming – like things change. They have two NFL teams there now. There's just, it's just a little different time. I think Oregon the is the closest in terms of environment. But do you remember how sweet SC was in its peak? For sure. And I still think it has a little bit of that. Did you but... read? Did you read Arash Arash's column the other day in the LA Times, Marcazi, just about how there's going to be this? There's this weirdness where Reggie Bush is now part of the FS the the Fox pregame, but he's not allowed to go to like SC games. Like they have to they they have to disassociate from him like he hasn't been to an sc game all because he took some money from the which agent. is so i mean it's one of the all-time stupid things Constantly. whose decision is that the ncaa or usc's that's a good question i my first reaction is this ncaa told sc they had to do it but one well, part of his premise i didn't i just maybe i skimmed it or just read the headline that there's a chance that this crew that's what i'm saying right USC. yeah because even Definitely. Leinart was quoted, like, Leinart was like, this is so, like, this is, I feel bad for Reggie. Like, he wants to be a part of it. Like, this is crazy. And it is crazy. He lives in fucking L.A. It's so crazy. Um, He's their most famous player of the era, I think. Not yeah. factoring in, like, NFL success, but just yeah, when you no, think he, the Pete Carroll era, he's the first name that comes to mind. He's one of the faces of college football the last 20 years. Like, when you say yeah. who's defined college football the last two decades, like, Reggie's at the top of the list. I mean, I think Guy, he's legitimately a top 10 college football player ever, right? Yeah, without even thinking of the list, I'm not going to argue. I would agree. So, uh, for, When you just think the best college football player Guy Haberman's ever seen in his, like, 20-plus years watching college football, doesn't he right up near the top? Yeah. I mean, Tommy Frazier's probably the first guy I think of. I loved him. Yeah, but I'm just – but, but he's a guy that I think people would argue, like, he deserves to be talked about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll never forget. Now, I didn't really watch these guys, but the SI cover of LeVar Arrington and Courtney Brown was these guys look like just like two LTs. Like, how the fuck do these guys ever lose? Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you know that this cover this week, I actually might order it just frame put in my office, is like the second cover ever on SI to not have any words beside the uh, with Tiger. What was the, yeah, other, what was the other one? Uh, the 1980 hockey team. It didn't say miracle on it. I don't think so. Again, this was a text from someone younger than us that I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I didn't do any research. No, I mean, maybe it wasn't, maybe the miracle line wasn't quite as big in the moment. Probably wasn't. It's one of those that resonates a little longer. I'm going back to search it here. I'll be honest. I, I tried to watch a little RBC heritage. It's not as like a, Where's Tiger? <laughs> yeah, well, when, Tiger. Uh, when Rory Sabatini was teeing off was when I, uh, oh, nice drive, Rory. And then I, yeah, you're right. No no words other than Sports Illustrated. On the, uh, on the uh, U.S. hockey team. Did you see Rory Sabatini teeing off? I, well, I did. He's got, he had the goatee. Yeah. It, it was it was kind of a rough crew beside, like, Kucher. And I bet DJ's like, I probably could take the week off, but I'm a locked top five finisher. And that's, you know, with Tiger Woods, 890 grand. I mean, that's just, that's Paulina's. Uh, Pauline, Pauline. 
<laughs> his allowance for the year. I, DJ kind of fell out. I, I, it was hard to watch. It was some little Asian guy that had already finished, and they were kind of waiting. But he was, like, practicing because they thought he might have to go to an extra hole. This was one of those where they tell him, like, the guy just missed the putt, and he oh, starts kind of going like this on the practice range. Uh, Russell Westbrook yesterday did a semi-reasonable post-game press conference. Uh, Steve Kerr the other day, they, Steve Kerr made the comment, that Russell Westbrook's post-game press conference is just not good for the NBA. That you want to do a press conference and give some canned answers that aren't great answers, fine. But being basically combative and not talking isn't good for your brand, just the league's brand. We need our guys to just be engaged. Fans love you. Just be lovable. Um, I, I was honestly a little surprised that Steve said it, but he wasn't aggressive in what he said. He was just pretty matter-of-fact. And maybe, maybe somebody heard it because Russell... I didn't realize Russell was even talking to Barry Trammell when he was like, uh, that was the answer where he was like, ah, it's a good question. I don't know. Right. That was that. Yeah. I mean, I, I always feel bad for Paul George watching this thing, but I think Steve's right to a point. <clears throat> well, I think the big lead wrote something like this has jumped the shark when Paul George now looks like an asshole. Like he's been pretty consistent and a pretty easy guy to talk to. Yeah. And I, I think no one has any problem with you losing your shit every once in a while. Like you're allowed bad days. You know, like Kevin's had many. And then he bounces back immediately and just be, be pretty normal. The other thing that kind of bothers me about Russ hmm. is – and Barry Trammell wrote a really good article on, like, why he keeps asking questions and why Russell keeps shooting him down. Is that I vividly remember when Russ won the MVP and he gave a speech that was like, you know what, this guy's not an idiot. And he talked about his brother, how every game for his entire career, his brother set him a halftime, a little kind of chubbier brother. Brody. Brody, yeah. Isn't, doesn't don't a lot of people call Russ Brody? Yeah, see, that's where I got thrown off. But <laughs> but that guy sends him, I and mean, it was like Russ was in tears. And I was like, God, you know, this is a human element of you, Russ, that if you just talk like Draymond or James is a little more reserved, but he talks, like just gave legit answers, people would, I think, like you. Because they want to, you're kind of this underdog now that you're, people are betting against you. You can't shoot, but you play so fucking hard. Like, I, I want to like you, Russ. I actually kind of started rooting for you this year because I thought in my lifetime of watching basketball, there's no way to quantify this. I don't think guys have ever given less fucks about effort in the regular season. Like, you watch just a random NBA game for the most part. I probably watched 100-plus NBA games, more than that, just bits and pieces because you factor in the Warriors games. I think like 10% of them, guy, I felt like, you know what? I'm, they're giving really good effort tonight. Now the playoffs are like a completely different sport, but he's one guy that just, at least I feel when I watch him, like he's trying, but this combative nature to him, when you're playing like shit, it's like, come on, Russ, you're one of the faces of the league. To me, I don't blame Russ. I blame the team. They allow it. I saw it years with the Raiders. They, they do a terrible job. They kind of, and this is like, you can't say that. Remember when McNair said the inmates run the asylum? Or maybe he used the wrong word. Bob McNair, yeah. Bob McNair, and then he died. I do think the I player. Think, I don't think that. I don't think his death came right after he said it, but yeah. No, it, it didn't. But uh, the the players have way too much control in the NBA, and Adam Silver, like to me, this is kind of an Adam Silver problem. Like, bro, you gotta, like, he is one of. He's not a top five player anymore, but he's easily a top five face of the league. He's one of the most famous guys, and he kind of acts like a dick. And again, you can have dick moments. Well, you can even have like you can have some of your characters or bad guys, right, in your WWE whole drama. But he's one of your biggest stars. You don't want him to be a bad. You want him. 
You want everyone wearing his jersey. That's better than having somebody that people hate. But it's like, okay, Dame's now kicking your ass, and he just acts like a normal professional and a human? So his brother's name is Ray, but he's the original person that got called Brody, apparently. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, and I get, I was at the gym this morning listening to Simmons and Rosillo, their whole deal. And I do agree with this. Like, what is the point of some of these conversations now? If a guy doesn't want to have them, like, is this a little antiquated the way we do things? And there were just, there's a balance. I, I don't, they didn't have like a right answer because Rosillo kept arguing, like, there is something like part of the job of the beat guy. Like, you do develop relationships that way. Now, in the playoffs, it kind of gets out of control because it's like very regimented with the way they talk. It's a little different. But and I think it more reflects, like, I do think a lot of guys just give good answers during the playoffs, right? We've had some memorable. He's just the one guy that's fighting it. Yeah. It's like, well, why are you fighting this? Like, I do. Th- I understand why Simmons and Rusilla would ask that question. I think a lot of people probably talk about, do we need this every day? But I do think part of the deal is you have it scheduled. If nothing happens, nothing happens. But on the times that there's something to talk about, you've got people there who are in it every day, so who understand the context of everything that's happening best and can cover the team on a local level. Like, I, I do think that's important. It's not something that gets you good stuff every day, but when something does happen that needs to be covered by people that understand the context, that's why you have the, the beat reporters understand the context of everything going on, Because be, partly because you have the system where every day or however much the schedule happens, you talk. And, it, like, I get it. It kind of sucks, and sometimes nothing comes of it. But on the days that nothing comes of it, it's not national news. But on the day that there's something worth talking about, You've covered your bases that you have a comment from your biggest star players, from your coaches, et cetera. So I, I don't see what the downside is other than for the people involved in it, it can be a little tiring. But so what? That's part of making the machine go. It's part of, part of making sure the wheels turn every day. Like I, yeah, to I, me, it's I, it's, I, it's. I a have no a brain. theory here. I, I think one problem for the NBA, their ratings are kind of in the tank, and I think some of it is tied to not mm. that Russell's not really the culprit because he doesn't say anything. But, like, the way Anthony Davis was handled this year, the way Ben Simmons, after he was booed, the way he talked shit to the fans, it's like, hey, Ben, you just had a stinker. You make $20 million or whatever, and he's on the rookie deal, but you're going to be a max guy. The guy that makes sixty grand that took his kid to this playoff game, I'm sorry. Like, they have somewhat of a feel of an elitist league right now. And it's always been known as a progressive league because it's very black and it's very progressive in the sense of, like, you know, they're majority African-American in the league. They're always taking, like, political stances. Well, all that stuff's fine, and I, I think it's a little overblown. But to me, there's an element now these guys make – they make more money than every other sport because there's more of them making cash, obviously, than football. And there is just this feel like these guys are living in a different world. Like, it's not about race anymore. It's about they're so goddamn rich – the, the way they speak to the casual fan, it's like, you guys sound like idiots. Now, I'm not, they all don't. Like, Steph doesn't. Clay, these guys are very cognizant. Listen, I make a ton of money. The way Anthony Davis, the CEO stuff, it's like, bro, you won five fucking playoff games. So, I actually think it's even simpler than that. Like, I don't think the average fan is consuming all the stuff these guys say. I think the average fan feels like the players care much less about being on their team, air quotes, than they do. And I think that's the heart of the – from my perspective, John, that's the heart of the problem. Like, baseball players always – they want to hit free agency early. They don't like the way that you can control the players uh, uh, early in prime years. But you know what? That is better for the, for the fans. That's better. 
football, the teams have way more power than the players. And from a fan standpoint, that's better. Because a fan, like Kawakami always does the thing, like why do fans side with owners over players? The owners are way richer than the players. But to me, the answer is because what they are at the heart is they are fans of their team. They love stars. Stars get your ratings. But fans love their team. Fans don't just usually go with a player who leaves their team and become a well, fan yeah, of another like, team. I, I don't care they if the guy made $10 million with their team. There. I want my guy to stay. They stay with their team. And so I think, fan, I think the fundamental NBA issue is it's become pretty clear by and large the guys don't really care about their team in terms of like being a member of this team doesn't – like I'll just go to another team – Right, the the kind of that AAU mentality is is the perception from a fan standpoint, and I, and I think that is what's hurt the league the most is that you're just constantly talking about as great as free agency is, just for chatter. You're constantly talking about a guy's just when's he gonna leave? When's he gonna leave? When's he gonna leave? See, I, gonna... I I I think there's something, guy. I, I agree that's a big part of it. I also think there's an element of these guys now the like the resting and the tanking thing's kind of a joke. Yeah. So I, you're you know, right. this guy this guy's making fucking 30 million dollars. And again, this is where the media's out of touch. You and I have talked about this. I don't think they go enough on SeatGeek and just see how much these tickets cost for a fan going. And then I come to the game and you're telling me that fucking Kawhi and LeBron aren't playing and it's just some random rest day. Like no. say what you want. When we were growing up, I, I went to like two NBA games probably like before high school. And both times I vividly remember, like, AI was – and this was when they, the Sixers were good. Why would AI in this day and age might not be playing against the Kings in that? Totally. Kings I were shitty. Right. No, and I, I got I AI agree. and he dropped 50. And I think most people, like, our age and older remember – like, going to an NBA game has always been a big thing because most people don't have that much money. And I think the media just thinks, all oh, these fans – well, these fucking fans that go to these games, yeah, the top 10% of the Warriors game are super rich. Most people are spending a lot of money for them to go to this game – it's different, obviously, in the playoffs everyone plays, but I, I'm not going to get to go to a playoff game if I'm a fan. I'm going to go to a game in January, maybe, and I'll get the Pelicans. And Anthony Davis, load management, just sitting out. Like, what the fuck? To totally. And so it's like, well, it's one thing, okay, sitting out. I used to feel bad for athletes 20 years ago because they were undercompensated. These guys make more goddamn money than CEOs of companies. But, so you didn't, I, but you didn't feel bad for them 20 years ago. You didn't even think about it. It was just part of what they did. You play the games. Baseball's a different animal because it's 162. When I, say, when I say feel bad, I meant like it's always been a conversation. Like, you know, players are under, you know, compensated, whatever. And I think at point in times in history of sports, it was like that. That cannot be said in the NBA. No, I right know. Now. But I'm just saying in the moment in time, that usually wasn't a big conversation from the fan standpoint, which whatever i i just I, again it goes back to i think fans feel like they care about an individual game sometimes and players would say I, you don't care I, more I, than I, me I, yeah i i think i think <laughs> the nba has this elitist vibe to it right now and it's getting a little out of control because their players are so empowered and now are so rich that it's terrible for the league and adam silver who's the anti-david stern like david stern would have been furious of this I saw Adam Silver at the Brooklyn Nets game. He looked happy as shit. Like, bro, your ratings are down 40%. People are – I love the NBA, and it's pissed me off a lot this year. Like, you guys better be careful here, man. And your players, with the amount of money, they're only going to get more powerful, which is fine, I guess, in theory, if they can handle Like, Steph handles it fine. Giannis handles it fine. No, like, but but again, John, I, I don't think we're disagreeing. Mostly I think we're agreeing. I, I just think – I don't know if it's even that deep of a – thought for most fans it's as simple as i don't think these players want to be on the team they're on they're just waiting till they make their next move 
and part of it is the power. Like I, what's good for the players isn't always what's good for the league, and what's good for the players isn't always what's best for the fans. And um, well, that's that's where I think the media has lost touch on this because they're always yeah. pro player. No, yeah, I I'm with you. Like I I don't, uh, I, and I think the reason they probably it's easier for them to be that way is because they also see the other side of it more up close than a fan does. Right. Which is the ownership side of things where the ownership and the teams are happy to discard of a player. But again, I go back, that's better. It's better for a league and it's fans. If the teams are in control of where all the players are, because the teams will keep the best players on their teams longer. What I love is like when a fan tweets something and then like former players, like I can't believe you'd act like this. I don't think you realize how fans act when they watch your team play. Like, they're into it. It's why you guys make all this money in any sport. People give a shit. It's where all this cash comes from. And I, I think the NBA, more than the other two leagues, baseball's just different. Football, I think, is con- you know, consciously thinking about this all the time. Like, the NBA is too often saying, fuck you to the fan. And the fan now is starting to react, and the ratings show this. And I just feel, when I talk to people like our age, that you always, like, the, the NBA is going to catch the NFL, the youth, they love it. Yeah, it's a Twitter conversation. It's been proven. No, it's going the other way. You could argue right now baseball's bigger relative to the metrics than, than basketball. <clears throat> Basketball's getting crushed, guys. People are not watching these games. I watch, you watch. The masses do not. Well, look, kind of- LeBron being on the Cavs for his whole career and Kevin being on the Oklahoma City Thunder for his whole career is better for the NBA. Like, that would have been better for the NBA. Or most of their careers, right? 1,000%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin coming Kevin just, coming to the war Kevin coming to the Warriors was bad for the league. That's not even arguable. Right. It consolidated the power and the like the Warriors are the one team up this playoffs. Like their ratings are stay high. Yeah. I mean they are the traveling circus right now. But they they would have been a big time draw regardless. And OKC would have been huge. And like you said, if LeBron would have stayed, what are the Cavs? I mean, they're in the playoffs. So yeah, it, it had a huge domino effect. Because you could say that Kevin coming to the Warriors changed LeBron's thinking a little, right? Maybe comes to L.A. regardless, but the Warriors wearing his ass out. It was like, fuck this. I'm just going to go be rich in L.A. And I don't necessarily blame him no, for it's, that. No, it's, I'm I don't blame him. I don't blame Kevin. But, again, it, what's it best for the players ma- isn't— It had major ramifications. Isn't always what's best for the league, you know. So, do with that what you will, but— and I think you're right on load management. Like, I think that's a big deal. It's a major problem. And I, I, I don't know what the solution is. Okay, find me. I'm so, I make $40 million a year. I'm Chris Paul. I'm playing 60 games. He's a bad example because he legitimately is nursing. To me, it's more the younger guys. Like, Kawhi, Kawhi, you weren't hurt last year. Like, I heard Rasil had a good point. He's like, can we stop talking about, like, it's crazy. Kawhi bounced back from the injury. Like the Spurs, his, the in, there was fucking no. In, the, he was fine after a while. <laughs> He's not hurt. And this year he just he play, he took 22 games off, guy. After playing in nine games last year, it's like he does whatever the fuck he wants. And he's so goddamn powerful. The Raptors are gonna let him do whatever he wants because they're kissing his ass, hoping he's gonna resign. When everyone in the league basically knows he's going to L.A., so it's like you're kissing his ass for nothing. Now. I watched him the other guy, night. Gee, he's incredible. I would kiss his ass too. So I, I, I get the team side. Like, yeah, we're going to kiss Katie's ass. Yeah, well, there's nothing. The, the teams can't be asked to be in charge of this. It's the league has to. And I don't, like you said, I don't know how you do. I, I, I think they kind of tried, but it's impossible. Like, you can't have these guys when football ends and you get that Saturday night game for like a month and a half stretch 
where as just a sports fan, there's nothing else to watch. You're sitting at home Saturday. Oh, LeBron's playing Steph. Well, what happened this year? Oh, LeBron's taking the night off. Clay and Kevin are off. You know, off. This is Embiid's night off, and Kawhi's taking the night off. You're like, Jesus Christ, I'm watching a fucking G League game here. <laughs> and what do you do? You turn the channel and you rent a movie. Yep. That's To me, that had huge implications this year on the NBA. Guys resting. Because I, I think the common fan goes, you know what? Like Odell Beckham played in four games. He was legitimately hurt. Like in, in the NFL, they never really fight that, right? Because they're like, oh, that, that injury looked terrible, right? In the NBA, it's like, this guy's fine. What are we doing here? That's that's a huge element the NBA, the NFL has. They'll never have to worry about this, right? Because you're going to play if you can. Like if you're out, no one ever questions I mean, beside Roethlisberger, like, you know, you're hurt, you're hurt. Right. Well, Ben, in, in, ben yes. gets hurt, air quotes, to come back and play hurt. So Ben plays. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets I credit mean, for playing hurt. Yeah, good point. <laughs> All right, on that note, one day oh, yes. closer to the draft. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.